Welcome back to Embodied Millions. This is Danielle Margraf, and we're going to just jump right in because I want to talk to you today a little bit about goddess wisdom in the way it shows up in our energy centers. So I have, I feel like I was sort of initiated into this idea of goddess back in, I think it was 2015. I became a, a red tent women's group facilitator. Facilitator. I um, worked with a uh, mentor out in Australia, which now she doesn't do it anymore. And she's not, I think she's sort of more of a nomad. I think she travels all over. Um, her name was Tanishka. And so what was so beautiful about that practice, I just felt sort of blindly called to um, to do this work. And I don't even remember sort of how it came about. Um, but I just remember that one of the teachings of this to get become certified as a Red Tent Women's Group facilitator was that you, that the word goddess and the whole idea of goddess was about fully accepting and loving oneself all the parts and bits, even the parts and bits that we sort of extract or deny or reject of ourselves. And I took a different sort of perspective on goddess after that, because the truth is, is that, you know, I heard the word goddess before that and sort of it was an eye roll. It was like, give me a break. But she made it feel so tangible and realistic and relatable to where I was in my life at the time, that the idea of loving and accepting all parts of myself and being able to offer that space for other women was so potent and powerful then, and I believe it still is now. And it sort of began a change and a shift um from all the pain and uh, where I was to, I believe, where I am now and where I keep going, right? Like where where my path of prosperity and me being able to open um, deeper gifts uh, that I have, like the channeling or my clairs are much more um, in tune and alert and awakened and aware, right? And things just keep coming. My dream state being the state that I get messages, uh, from spirit to apply to my current life. You know, like those things, those are gifts. And when, if we are blessed to be on this planet and have them, I mean, I think we all have them, but I don't think we're all sort of tuned into that channel to understand them or to know that we have them to have, be blessed to have the awareness that we have them. I think that it is our responsibility to use them and to hone them and to really be in a state of, um, appreciation and gratitude and, you know, I don't run around telling people about my gifts. Like, <laughs> like I don't do that, but, and I think it's okay if you do, but I'm just saying they're so sacred to me. And, um, I just find that, you know, what do you do when something's really sacred and special, right? You sort of hold it close, you use it, 
right? It's out here. It's part of you, but, um, but there's no need to necessarily in my, you know, for me, there's just no need to have to share that to prove, um, that I'm gifted. I believe people know for each other, um, I don't know. I just think you can read that kind of stuff at some point. Like, I just think people can feel it. Um, actually have a new client starting and, um, she had said very much so that, uh, she had said that there was, she could feel, right? Like I, I would talk or I would say things or, and she could feel, you know, the healing or she could feel the fire. She could feel, right? And so that's the power of us really, um, distilling our medicine. I call it. That's been my phrase for this year. For some reason, it came to me. It's stuck. It will not leave me. <laughs> um, but it was like really, I think it's all of us distilling our medicine in a way that, we can honor ourselves and each other and our clients and our children and our partners and nature, right? It's just that is, that is part of our purpose here. So with that said, I want to just go into a little bit of, um, sorry, I'm adjusting. You might have heard the, um, the audio go far away. Okay. So. We, I want to talk about the seven chakras, uh, seven energy centers as goddesses. And so the whole idea of these, you know, goddess, goddess is really like the archetype that provides a, a blueprint or a map of our feminine psyche. And when we understand each, right, we can actually start to express them confidently in our own lives. I remember I was in a somatic therapy session and I, I was the recipient and I was laying on a table. Um, and part of my vision was that Kali had come up through my pelvis and was like holding my my fallopian tubes like torches and was just fire in there, just fire. And, um, and so here she was in my pelvic bowl and I was like, whoa, right? Like, whoa. And, you know, Kali is the goddess of transformation. And so I just share her with you and that experience right now, just to say that I then, worked with her because she came to me, right? She came to me in vision. She, I was very, you know, I was very relaxed when this happened. I wasn't hyper or, um, doing, doing, doing. I wasn't disconnected. I was actually the most connected I had ever been. Um, and it was, and that to me is a sign and a call. And I think a lot of times, just as a side note, we take our visions and we don't trust them and we just think we're making it up. And those of you who are listening, who, if you have visions, if you hear things, if you, right, I know that you probably know on some level, this is, you know, Maybe clairaudient or clairvoyant or, um, you know, or even just being so deeply connected to soul and spirit within you, you know, because our body speaks through vision, our body speaks through sensation, um, you know, that this vision is 
I believe part of our, I don't even believe it. I know it. I know it is part of what we can dance with and it could share, tell us a lot about ourselves. It can tell us a lot about, um, about where, what we can work with in order to heal from whatever that thing is. Right. So, um, you know, I'm, I think, I think the statistics are like super high with women who have experienced sexual trauma. Um, it would not surprise me, right? It wasn't a surprise to me that Kali, the goddess of transformation would come up in my pelvic bowl. Like we are going to transform and alchemize this and we are going to turn it into power, your past pain, right? And so, um, while it made sense logically, I didn't, really spend a lot of time with that. I spent more time in studying her and studying me through her, right? So it wasn't about just taking in information. It was about me studying myself through her, through her wisdom. So with that said, um, you know, these are sort of like, like keys that you can use to embody, you know, each of these goddesses in, you know, throughout your experience, if you so feel called. And um, so let's go to root, right? So root is base. Um, you know, the root chakra is typically uh, connected to the material plane, to earth, um, to trust, to family, to tribe, to um, belonging, right? I belong. And when our, you know, this is the goddess of the root chakra is Lilith. And Lilith is considered like a wild woman. Actually, many years ago, I did, we did actually, um, a Lilith, um, goddess, uh, I don't, I remember, don't remember what we called it. I think it was like meat and martinis. I don't remember. <laughs> it was something silly, but we all met, um, and we all studied Lilith. We did like a, we did a thing on Lilith, but it was very cool. So our inner wild woman, right? When we feel comfortable to express her, to be in our most natural self, right? This can be physically wild hair, right? Maybe the, the thing that comes to mind immediately is not pressing your curly hair, not straightening it, but letting her be wild, you know, letting those curls be wild. That's what I think for the first thing I think of. But also in body, right? In how we dress. I no longer wear a bra. I know that's very 1960s or 70s, but I haven't worn a bra in a really long time, like years. And um, yeah, it's uncomfortable. It always has been. And I just don't wear one. And so that's maybe a little bit of like my earthly wildness coming out, like, right? Because I was taught to be very conservative and modest. And, you know, that's sort of like, wow. But it can also be feelings and emotions, the most basic feeling and emotions, right? Which is like, think of anger, think of babies and toddlers, right? They don't have like any middle ground. It's like happy, sad, angry, right? Like, like I think, you know, but being able to be that and be comfortable in that and not feel so 
unsafe to express ourselves and being able to acknowledge those feelings and then also not trying to dominate or manipulate another um, with passive aggressive behavior. So being able to express and then also not tolerating someone else's <laughs> manipulation or passive aggressive behavior, right? But really it's about when we fear to, you know, when we fail to speak up and say what we mean or speak our anger, right? Because usually there's a fear of rejection. We don't want to make conflict. We, what we do is we diminish our personal power. And when we become empowered as this wild m- woman, it means we can be authentic in anywhere we are with anyone that we are. We're unabashedly just wild in our authenticity. I actually have a tattoo on my arm that says, be fearlessly authentic. So maybe I got that during a Lilith phase. I don't know. (laughs) Okay, so next is the sacral, right? And that's the pelvic bowl. That's all the sexual, you know, sex organs and um, yeah, that whole sacral space. And that is the space of Aphrodite. And Aphrodite, right? This is the goddess of love. And when we are in this space of Aphrodite, and we're connecting to the sacral space, it's really about emotional maturity, right? It's really about emotional maturity. It's about being able to you know, like that toddler that experiences those huge emotional swings, like this is about not being in such huge emotional swings. It's about, it's also not about, you know, when we become emotionally mature, we're not having to comfort eat, right? We're not having to um, use um, wine or alcohol to, you know, soothe ourselves. Um, we can be very self-honoring in our choices and we can be in a lot of self-love, right? So what do we need and and being in that self-love? And so the opposite of that, right? That shadowy part is, you know, falling in love with emotionally unavailable people and also getting enmeshed in serial, like, you know, drama, like when we're, when we become enmeshed in drama in other people's dramas, when we have to know and want to know and we get ourselves caught up, like that's emotionally immature, right? Because when you have a goal and I teach this in, um, our sisterhood community, right? Of, um, six figure Phoenix, when we are, when we are in a place of, where we have a goal and we have a focus and we know what we desire and it is partly fulfilling our purpose. There is no way that we have time to be in anyone's drama, right? We don't even want our own drama. So it's just interesting because if you're emotionally um, immature, whether you know it or not, right? There is a, it's just interesting because there is a, um, there might be something like that that happens for you 
and then eventually you can see it and then you could pivot from there. So moving on, solar plexus uh, is Athena. And Athena is actually the, um, the solar plexus is actually a masculine chakra energy, right? Cause it goes masculine, feminine, masculine, feminine, masculine, all the way up. So it's a masculine energy and it's the part of us that really wants to, it's the worthiness part, um, by, G, by achieving some measure of success. So it's like, uh, it's about self-esteem, self-worth, how other people see us and, when our inner Athena, right, is really optimally functioning, we feel assertive and we're happy for other six, for, for others people to succeed because we know that that doesn't take away from our success. And we are committed to calculated risks, um, you know, to achieve our goals. And we are really, invested, right, in showing up for ourselves and really being able to, hmm, how do I want to say this? It's really like about being in a space of, we have the esteem to go for it. We have the esteem to go for it, okay? When that shadow part is active, we feel unworthy. Um we don't feel like, you know, we can go for it. We don't feel like we can achieve our goals. We doubt ourselves. We're uncertain. We're wobbly. And typically, if you are in this space, what will happen is either no amount, either we don't go for it or no amount of success will ever suffice, right, to make us feel powerful. And we become workaholics, burnt out, constantly productive, but not producing, um, not seeing the benefit of it, and then still feeling unworthy because we're looking for something outside of us to provide the worthiness. Okay, moving on, the heart. So the heart uh, is obviously in the center of the chest, in actually where the heart is, and it is um, it is the feminine right? If we were going to say that it, it was it a feminine energy or masculine, it's a feminine energy. And it's really, this is the goddess of the, it's the earth empress. It's the, it's Demeter. And, um, this is our, our archetypal mother, right? That governs the heart. And this is the part of us that is about getting our needs met, ensuring that our needs are met. If our heart is not, um, met with or in, if your heart center is of self, self acceptance, if you're, if it isn't open, if you're judging yourself, if you're, if you're being very harsh on yourself for not being perfect, then we're not centered enough to manifest anything. We won't be able to actually bring it in to fruition. Okay. And so it's really about opening that heart chakra, allowing and accepting our imperfections. So similar to root, but looking at the imperfections as our greatest teachers. And this is where the idea, I believe, of it's happening for you, not to you comes in. 
So every time you can switch to that thought of everything is happening for me and I accept this as part of my journey and my journey isn't going to look like anyone else's journey. And so I'm opening my heart to learn and let in what is, right? Then you can create, right, a a welcoming space to center, to rejuvenate, to... um to really be with what is because everything has a cycle and a season. So whether you're birthing a new offer or creative projects um, or retreat, right? Or you are out in your garden, um, cleaning your home, uh, making a cup of tea, right? It is... It is all about lessons in honoring what is, right? And being open to being with what is in this heart-centered fullness. And then, just like children, once we've created and, you know, honored the creation of what is, we let it just be. We let it be independent. We let it grow and move on. And we're not holding on with white knuckles to anything. We are in cycles of, you know, cycles and seasons and rhythms and flow and we allow, you know, and that is a hard thing for the heart sometimes, right? Like I remember being pregnant with my daughter and, um, oh my gosh, I remember thinking of her going to, I, I, you know, like, I don't know what happens. Hormones make your, your brain go crazy or something, but I remember thinking of her going to, um, kindergarten when I was pregnant with her, thinking of her going to kindergarten. Why? Because I was already worried. I already loved her so, 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 so much. I was like, she can't, I don't want her to go. I don't want her to go. I don't want her to go. You know, I already didn't want her to go. I'd be crying hysterical, future tripping over her going to kindergarten. Um, so that's the heart. So it's hard to let go sometimes. So, okay, the throat. Let's go on to the throat chakra, right at the base of the throat, right? Um, Artemis, the medicine woman. And so, um, so it's interesting. Artemis is who I would say runs my red tents. Like she's coming through. Artemis comes through. They're probably they all come through on some level, but, um, Artemis, right, is, this is the aspect or the archetype of the the lone wolf who tends to like the company of her sisterhood while healing her past wounds, right? So that's like really just so beautiful because it's just such in the essence of the red tent. This chakra... So I always think of the heart chakra as a bridge to the lower chakras and the upper chakras. And so this really is the gateway to the upper energy centers. And so what we're looking at here is when we're looking at the throat, we're looking at ultimate healing coming through, needing to speak, right, and communicate and express our inner self, connecting to our feelings, my gosh. And I'm having like a throat chakra thing right now. Hold on. Oh my gosh. How crazy is that? What was that? (laughs) But trusting ourselves, deeply trusting ourselves, 
really being in a space of expressing our inner selves, effectively communicating, but also when we heal, we avoid shutting down and, you know, we can appreciate that when we share our wounds with each other, not stay in the wound, but when we share, right, we can really be empowered to realize that our ultimate healing comes from forgiveness, being able to set clear boundaries, being able to honor our vulnerability as a strength and not a weakness, you know, um, and then being emotionally available to ourselves. And then, of course, being able to be that for others. You know, it's interesting because um, in the in the relationship that I talked about, I don't even know how many episodes ago, but, you know, I think about him and he had no throat chakra going on and he also was emotionally unavailable, right? Which I didn't want to believe, but, and that, so his sacral and his throat were not, were not, you know, in a place of growth or healing. It was like shutting down, shutting down, not emotionally available. So isn't it interesting how those two, two things to connect because it's the throat that helps us express our emotional availability, our needs, our desires, our, you know, we're communicating our boundaries. We're, and then we're being able to forgive. We're also being able to state what was for us that those wounds, being able to share them, being able to relate through sisters in those, you know, and that was what I loved about facilitating Red Tent because really these women, I remember women would come and they would speak out loud what they wanted to create. And literally I'd get an email that they manifested the thing that I, they wanted immediately. I would <clears throat> get a, you know, there would be women who have, would speak for the first time their abuses from childhood. You know, these are women in maybe their fifties who would, for the first time out loud would speak it. I mean, it was pretty incredible what holding space, the power of holding space space does for people, for women, for women coming together. And yeah, it's very, very potent. So um, yeah, do not underestimate that, you know, that sort of how ceremony can be so soul nourishing and healing. So third eye chakra is Hecate, which is uh, the wise woman. And Hecate is who resides in us, um, doesn't matter our age. She actually was, Hecate usually is sort of, I know her as the initiation into the tent, right? Like she was the one who sort of like opened the tent and brought us in. She's the one who she loves all things sacred ceremony and meditation and, you know, all that, you know, sort of thing. And she operates when she operates in her shadow part. She actually, she actually can shut down all those gifts we were talking about earlier because she doesn't have access to them. So you know how. And I know intuition is one of them, but I think sometimes it could, it, I think that 
it's not the only one. So I didn't want to use that one as an example, but I want to say now that, you know how people, you'll, you'll be going through something and you'll ask someone for advice and the person will say, well, what does your intuition say? And you're like, I don't know. And you really don't know because it's probably shut down and you don't have access to it. And that just means you're in that shadow of the third eye, right? That third eye is that place of you know, seeing and knowing even what's not physically here, right? It is a, it is a, it is a, it's that inner seeing and knowing. And so when you don't have access to your intuition, that can feel very scary and dark because it can start to feel like we go down a hole. We go down this sort of spiral of like, um, yeah, we go down this spiral of, you know, that dark night of the soul. Like we go down these dark, caves or tunnels and we're like, wait, no, we're, we're circling the drain here. I don't want to go down that, you know? Um, but when it shuts that shuts out, we move into fear, right? We move into ignorance. We're no longer, we're no longer this aware of all the things that we know to be true, <laughs> you know, when we're in the light. And so, um, when we're in this, you know, when Hecate is in her power, we know the wisdom that we, you know, that we have within us. We are even through, right? All those down times, we tend to begin to, you know, we know and we have intuitive insights and we actually then help others make sense of their shadow journey, which I think is pretty potent. And so when Hecate is, you know, disempowered, there's a fear of aging, of death, and, you know, and then when she is empowered, you know, there's, she, she says what she means, and she does what, you know, she feels, and, you know, there's this sort of, I almost think of her as sort of a rebel, or, uh, you know, like an anarchist, like, she doesn't fear persecution. She's like, fuck it. Let's just do this. And, um, and that's what I, what's what I think is so cool about her. Cause she is the wise one. She has all the wisdom and she knows, you know? So, okay. Last one crown Ishtar, the high priestess. And so what's, what's beautiful about, um, this, uh, about the high priestess in the crown chakra is that, her lesson is to embody our divine essence in the world through sacred uh, practices. And so this archetype, when this archetype is disempowered, we don't walk our talk. And a lot of people will say, um, I've heard this so much, is like, uh, there's so much pointing the finger, right, out of being out of integrity or, you know, you're not doing what you say. And yeah, there's truth to that, right? We got to clean that up. You got to clean that up. If you're not in integrity, so that means you're not intact with yourself, you know, you need to clean that up. Um, if you're not walking your talk, you need to clean that up, right? One of the things that I love about the work that I do is because I, I chose this work so I would have to walk my talk so I would make sure that it worked, <laughs> you know, under great pressure, right? Under great pressure. I mean, I did it, you know, with two small kids and doing it on my own. Um, and not to say that your story is any different or, you know, 
better or worse, but just to say that I did it under great pressures. And so I know it works, but that walking your talk comes from spiritual values, right? Of really understanding and being connected to spirit, to whole, to universal collective, to infinite intelligence and knowing this is temporary. We are very aware this is temporary and we are very aware that we will not, right? Like when we are in shadow of this, we are disconnected from that. We are prostituting our values. We are prostituting, you know, our energy and we are doing things in exchange for money. Okay. And so if you are doing things in exchange for money, obviously, right? That is a prostitution of things and that's things that drain you. You're exhausted. You hate them, right? Um, they're not for you. You outgrew them. It's time to move on, you know. That's it. It's when we choose partners and we settle with partners for security rather than this soul fulfilling, fiery connection. Right. And, um, you know, I was just talking to a friend the other day and she goes, I don't want to be alone. You know, she's with someone who's emotionally unavailable. She's like, I don't want to be alone. And I said, well, that's honest. And she said it again. I don't want to be alone. And I said, well, that's honest. Right. Because I'm not here to judge. And, you know, I know for myself, that isn't where I choose, right? For me to be in integrity, I need to be in the soul fulfilling, fiery, you know, relationship that feels really good. I'm not going to settle for security, you know, and I don't want anyone to do that, right? Like, but that's not my, you know, that's my want for you, right? That's for, for my pleasure, you know, cause I want to see that for you. But obviously that's your own, you know, that's your journey. And so I honor, I honor you and your journey. And so <clears throat> when we are empowered, right? We're sovereign. We are self-fulfilling. We are. You know, we are the priestess and we are discerning in everything from who we hire to work with us to, um, you know, to in, in bring on our team to, um, to sleep with, to partner with, to be in our home, to, um, really be honoring and empowered of ourselves when choosing all of it, right? All of it. Um, yeah. So, okay. That feels pretty complete. And yeah, I feel complete. That was a lot. I know this was probably one of the longest, um, <laughs> one of the longest, uh, podcasts I've done. So I hope this was powerful for you and I hope you enjoyed it because I always hope that you get little nuggets of something out of each of them. I don't, I don't typically expect that you're going to get you know, maybe, maybe the whole thing isn't for you, but I hope that there are nuggets of where you can see yourself in a different way through it. Because when you can see yourself through these audios or teachings or learnings or channels, you can then take them and start applying them and become congruent for yourself in your path, on your path, in your way, 
that will support you to come home to your truest self, your truest nature. And that is the path to millions. That is the path to the money as a result. That is the path to prosperity and abundance and wealth. This is the path. If this resonates with you, then this is your path. I'm not saying it's everyone's path. I am only talking to the women that this is your path. So, Okay. Um, I should have probably said this earlier. I didn't, but we are enrolling for six figure, uh, Phoenix and we, we start July 18th. If you are interested, reach out to me. We can jump on a call and connect and see if it is a fit for you. I am looking for fiery women passionate about showing up in a way that will completely transform their businesses, you know, grow their businesses. And it's a study of you uh, through the material, right? During the six months. So, um, and, and really ready you on this journey um, to be able to receive six figures or more, right? That's sort of our foundation. That's the first goal. That's our foundation. And there's lots that goes into that. So I look forward to hearing from you. I love you. And I'll see you next week. Bye for now. <music>